Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your boy, Stevie Driver. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Drivers Podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Yes, 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 sir. Ah, uh, man. Uh, light week, but fun week. Big surprises. Uh, but as always, we got to start with the wrestler of the pod. Yes. Um, so this week, the wrestler of the pod is going to be a little bit different because we have a two-time wrestler of the pod. Um, wrestler of the pod this week is Roxy. Uh, like we've said before, she's been the reality of wrestling women's champion. She's the inaugural ROH women's champ. And having all these accomplishments at 20 years old is a great feat in itself, but she just got another accomplishment in the fact that she was just recently offered a WWE contract. Now, there's no words that she's accepted this contract or not, but to be 20 years old, have these accolades, and to be offered a contract with WWE, that speaks volumes at her age. So, with that being said, it was pretty clear cut. Wrestler of the pod this week is Roxy. All right, man. Good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, it was going to be one and two wrestlers of the pod. I think the one I had in mind was also a, a, a wrestler of the pod before. It was going to be uh, AQA who just debuted on AEW either this week or last week. Um, before we get to AEW stuff, man, we got to go to the indies. Uh, not a lot of stuff, but February 26th is going to be a big day um, for MLW. They have a couple big names showing up there. They got a big uh, championship main event in uh, Hammerstone versus David Rituals for the MLW heavyweight title. But probably the biggest news is the debuting of Killer Cross. Mm -hmm. uh, on February 26th, first stop MLW. And you know what? I'm happy to see it. It's about time, guys. They have the open door for a reason. You guys got to come through this thing, man. Show yourself. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I know he's got hair now. I just saw him in the gym next to Davey Richards. Uh, so they're they're gearing up. They're both, uh, they're both in Charlotte. Getting getting ripped. Killer Cross is a huge guy, man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a bit of an understatement. He definitely is a big dude. It's very intimidating. Um, seeing seeing how uh, big Davy Davy Richards is live, and then seeing him standing next to Killer Cross is like, oh my god, this guy must be some kind of monster. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so it's, um, gonna be, it's gonna be fun to see uh, what he's doing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something to keep your eyes on. Yeah. Um, but the biggest news of this week uh, is probably what's gonna happen for the audience Tuesday. I'm gonna give you guys uh, a spoiler. So spoiler warning right now because I'm definitely gonna ruin something for you if you're gonna watch it. NWA Tuesday. Now is the time to pause the pod. Um, and I'll probably put in the description when we move past this point so you guys can still listen without the spoilers. Um, this Tuesday on, mm -hmm. on NWA Power, 
you will be seeing a new NWA champion because always ready Macrodonna beats Trevor Murdoch. Hmm. Hmm. That is interesting to say the least. Yeah, it, it, it um it leads me with this big revelation. I have two big revelation statements that I'm standing on, two hills I'm dying on in this pod. And the first one is that Macardona is officially a main eventer, and there is nothing you can say to dispute that. You can feel about him however you feel, but by becoming the NWA world champion, he's officially a main eventer. He's officially, we got to stop this, man. I know we we still remember him as Zack Ryder, but he's been GCW world champ. He's been in an Impact Wrestling uh, main event, and he's become the NWA world champ. The NWA title is one of the most prestigious titles in wrestling. I feel like it's right under the uh, uh, IWGP heavyweight title. Macrodona is is the new NWA world champion. He is, has to officially be considered a main eventer. There's no more mid card for this guy. Mm, I'm I'm still not sold. I'm still not. It's it's kind of a toss up for me at this point. But I, I'd like to see him. He's just not there yet. It's like, like it's just one of those. It's gonna take a little bit for me, you know. Once, once I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm torn. Like I want to say he's there, but I just feel like he's not quite there yet. But he, he is gonna get there. I, I do believe he's gonna get there. But to me, it's just, just not yet. Just a little bit more, a little bit more work. All right, I, I feel you. I mean, listen, it's gonna take it's gonna take people some getting used to, but for me, I can't consider him a mid carter anymore. He's just done he's done enough to me. Like if this was if this run wasn't all over the indies and was just in WWE. Mm-hmm then we have already accepted the fact that he's a main eventer. But I remember saying way back, if he starts to conquer all these small companies and then gets introduced um, in one of the big three, which right now is WWE, Impact, and AEW, he's going to be a star, the star that we need, that we are, that he always thought that he could be. And it starts by conquering all the other smaller companies underneath it. Not the NWA is a smaller company, but to be GCW champion, 
to be NWA champion, to be digital media champion in a full circle kind of way in Impact, to be in main events for the Impact World title. He's he's got to be considered a main eventer now. It's it's close. I mean, you can make that argument, yeah, but I mean, I just feel like it's still a little too early. I think from I think from my taste, I mean, I'm I'm not saying he's a year away. Uh, he he's not even six months away. He's very very close to it. I just think he needs to work in work a little bit more. And then it'll be there. Like, it'll probably be there by the summer. Okay. Okay. That's not too long. I'll accept the summer. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest news out of the indie. Always ready. Matt Cardona is the new NWA world champion. Uh, and I will be watching this Tuesday to see him win it because it's going to be a moment. It's going to be. Yeah, I'll probably watch it too. His career. I'll say that. Yeah, it, it'll it'll definitely be that. I I can that I can give you. Um, but moving on and moving on from that, um, let's get into the WWE news because um, there's big things. Not even big things happening. I feel like the most exciting thing coming out of this week is really from NXT. So my one NXT thing is that during their championship summit with um, Santos Escobar and Braun Breaker, who who we thought it was just going to be with, we got two faces we weren't expecting, one of them being Tommaso Ciampa um, and the other being Dolph Ziggler. And I got to tell you, you laugh, but it 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 gave that same feeling of NXT on uh, black and gold for a second. Mm-hmm. It gave you this feeling of oh, we got somebody good now, and Dolph yeah. hasn't felt like that in forever. Uh, probably since his since maybe the two months that he went at it with Kofi. Yeah, that the, it should have been me, Dolph. It should have been me, Dolph. It, it gave you that feeling of where, where we could be stepping into some really good stuff. And mm-hmm. part of me really wishes this is permanent and Dolph just becomes like the vet of the locker room. Um, Because Dolph is always so good and somewhere down in NXT, he could actually become champion. Not long, but like a in a in a overarching story. Like I could see him beating a, a young Braun Breaker as his nemesis for yeah. a year. And then Dolph holds it three months to six months as Braun tries to perfect himself in uh learning the game so that he doesn't fall for all the same things the next time. You know what I mean? I could see Dolph being kind of like a, a Triple H to Braun Breakers, uh, Batista or, or Randy for like a few, for like a year. And then, you know, putting over more young guys in, in the North American title division. 
honestly, everything you just said, I agree with. Um, and, and it's not to put Dolph down, but and it, like you said, NXT right now, for me, is locking, locking. It's it's lacking that uh that locker room leadership, like you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Tommaso, and they have LA Knight. That's about it. Kyle's gone. Johnny's gone. Adam's gone. You have a lot of guys who aren't there anymore. And Dolph is good enough to where when he was on the main roster and he was in his thing with Kofi, Dolph was great. Like you kind of like you really wanted to see these matches because you know they're going to be a banger. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have to squeeze Dolph into a title feud or a main event scene, even if it's just for a brief moment, he does good. Yeah. So taking him and putting him in NXT and having him go at it with Braun Breaker, like you just said, that'll be that'll be money because Dolph can make anybody look good, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, Braun Breaker can learn a lot from Dolph. Mm-hmm just from a wrestling standpoint and a storytelling standpoint, like how to, how to work the crowd, how to, you know, go through the emotions that you go through on a match. Dolph is a great dance partner for those type of things. So having him in NXT locker room leader role, he can do that for the young guys teach him um, going through a great feud with their current world champion. He can do that very well. Mm -hmm. So having him down there, that's a great move, in my opinion. I would I would pull the trigger on that in a heartbeat. Yeah, so that's that's the biggest news of the week for me. But there, there has been other stuff. Um, but before we get to, I I just have one more thing, and then I'll turn the rest of the news over to you. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about the Mysterios essentially uh, getting into a Miz and Maurice feud? And uh, that promo, the, that uh, awesome line in the in the promo battle they had, where Miz goes, um, you know, I always, I, I just noticed you're a little taller than Ray. Uh, uh, <laughs> he was like, "Are you sure yeah. you're not Eddie's?" Eddie's son? Oh man, how did you feel about that? All right, so me personally, I I have, I have goods and bads about this. It's good because basically that line was funny as hell. And I know this is going to be a good feud because Miz knows how to twist those buttons or twist those, like just, just push those buttons. He, he knows how to just get in there and just twist the emotions of something mm-hmm. and to go back to such a great feud and bring stuff like that up for this is hilarious. And it's great storytelling. It's great like it in the sense of it's a Miz and Maurice feud if they're going that Miz and Maurice feud route yeah if it's just the Miz then okay great if it's Miz and Maurice I don't like it the the only the only saving grace I would have is if somehow Angie or Aaliyah come in mm-hmm. which I could see happening because Aaliyah has been training a little bit yeah so yeah, I, I, I could see that. Aaliyah coming. I could see Aaliyah stepping in somewhere. Um, and honestly, if Angie comes in and just starts swinging that kendo stick again or starts hitting people with the purse, I'm with it. Yeah. Angie, I, Angie, Angie needs some respect too. But uh, if it's a Miz and Maurice thing, I'm not really here for it. But if it's just Miz, then all right, let, let's see where it goes because they need something at Mania anyway. 
That's true. That's true. Mania season's coming up. Any feud you start now, you want to carry over into that. Um, but here's the fun thing for me, right? Um, so we fantasy book all the time. And I was thinking if I was booking this feud, um, just because that line in the promo was so good, I'd kind of surround the feud with uh, Miz taking any kind of jab he can at the family. Um, and the story of the in-ring being um, Eddie, I mean, not Eddie, um, Rey Mysterio being too good at cheating because he's so good of friends with Eddie Guerrero. So like every time is like the way they did that original match where Maurice does the leg pull, she gets kicked out and then Ray does the leg pull, but it works. I would love to see a thing where it's kind of Miz and Dom on the inside, but on the outside, Miz and uh, Maurice and Ray kind of out cheating each other. Yeah. Uh, because I would, I love the fact that Ray was able to one up her and like cheat better than her. So I would love to see mm-hmm. the thing in the ring being Dom consistently beating the Miz, uh, and the thing on the outside being Ray just knowing how to cheat better than Maurice. Um, I liked it for that reason if I was booking it. But then I had a brilliant idea of fantasy booking the um, eventual Dominic turn on Ray. See where you're going. And I, th- I think I see where you're going. This is terrible. But I'm gonna I'm gonna fantasy book right now in a short span because we got um, way bigger things to get to. Um, I'm gonna fantasy book real quick right now how I would do the 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 turn. Um. And instead of using Miz, as much as I would love to use the Miz, I'm going to fantasy book Chavo for one program for like six weeks. <laughs> and I'm going to have Chavo be there one night, say they'd like do a show in like San, San Antonio or something. Um, I'm going to have Chavo be there for a night in the back as... Uh, there's been a couple weeks of Ray and Dom just not seeing eye to eye and Chavo getting his, getting his ear and tell him, you know, maybe you should go out there with me one night instead of him since you not, you know, not to drive a wedge, but just cause you guys are always butting heads out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would have Dom win that night with Chavo and kind of keep, Chavo as his as his ring guy and be like, Dad, you gotta step back. And then I would love Ray and Chavo coming ahead because Chavo wants to cheat all the time and Ray's trying to keep him on the straight and narrow. Um and then Dom turning on Ray. And then I could see the very next week Dom coming out there with Chavo with a um Eddie's son t-shirt. And his heel turn would be would, would, would be uh, 
would be based off the gimmick that Eddie's his biological father. So cheating is in his blood. <laughs> you know what? We're going to circle. Matter of fact, I'm going to make a note of this. I'm going to make a note of this. Hold on. Because Don's already taller than Ray. He's already grown the mullet. If he starts wearing flames on his tights and comes out in an Eddie's, Eddie's son t-shirt um, and having Chavo as his manager for like that rest of that program, dude, this is going to be so fire. Because everyone who saw the original... The original feud is going to be like, he's right. Like, technically, in kayfabe, Eddie is his biological dad still. So his whole reason yeah. for for his whole reason for dropping Ray could be like, I know this is how you raise me, but cheating and being a bad guy is in my blood. <laughs> you know what? It is like since, since you fantasy Eddie Ray dynamic. Since you fantasy booked this just now, I'm, I made a note and I circled it. Next week, on next week's episode, I'm going to fantasy book it too. Because <laughs> you had me, then you lost me. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do mine next week. And that would be sick. So for our listeners, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Next week's episode is going to include my fantasy booking on this because I'm pretty sure we're going to circle back to this. All right, you got it. You got it. We, I can see us doing a whole episode, uh, a whole episode about this. And somewhere down the just line, just fantasy if, if booking do, the Mysterios. Just if we just fantasy booking the Mysterio turn, um, and just forewarning, if we do at some point, there's gonna be a mixed tag with uh, Ray and uh, Ray and Aaliyah versus Dominic and Shao Guerrero. I thought you were gonna say Angie. I was gonna say we're really no, splitting no, no. the whole family. No, aren't no, we? it's gonna it's gonna be Dom and, and Eddie's daughter. <laughs> hmm. This is my real sister. <laughs> oh. I'm so terrible. I'm so terrible. I fantasy booked the shit out of that though. Um, all right, but moving on. There's Man. way more important, realistic, actual stuff that happened this week. We gotta get to. Yeah. Um. So. I'm going to jump in real quick because I got a couple notes as well. Um, so you dropped the spoiler. I'm going to drop a spoiler. That's not really a spoiler because somehow this made it all over the internet. But we don't know if it's accurate, but it made it on the internet. So we're going to discuss it. So apparently they did tapings for this week's episode of SmackDown already. And one of those tapings involved Sami Zayn winning the Intercontinental title. Mm. Now, with that being said, there's rumors in the wrestling world and the Twitter sphere and what have you that this is going to set up a WrestleMania match for the Intercontinental title between Sami Zayn, and I never thought I would utter these words on a podcast, but Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> That'll be the celebrity match this year, Knoxville versus uh, Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental title. For the Intercontinental title. I'm I'm gonna say that again, just so you can register it. Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville 
for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's pretty nuts, man. That makes me want to set this WrestleMania out alone. Like, no disrespect to Sami Zayn. You're a decent talent. You're doing great heel work right now. You've kind of reinvented yourself a little bit. But what the fuck, Vince? Yeah, he could have picked somebody. I mean, I guess it's good for for Knoxville and, and Jackass for the movie promotion. But I mean, God. I don't the think movie Knoxville came is, out. I don't think Knoxville is going to be that good of a wrestler. We're going to promote the movie all the way to April when it already came out in fucking February. I would have much we don't, rather we don't preferred. promote that far. Yeah, I, I would have much rather preferred it be um Stephen Amell. I would have preferred heels, it. But then again, you know, I guess because he's I guess because AEW promoted heels more. But there's there's gotta be better wrestling celebrities for you to choose from than I would have Knoxville. I would have picked any talent on the roster that you are not using at the current moment. Just like you have people just in the back doing jack shit. You have people. I'm not, I'm not even going to care which person's on which brand right now. I'm just going to rattle off names. You got Seamus, you have Ricochet, you have Cesaro, you have, Nakamura Boogs, like you had, you could do the rematch with Nakamura and Sammy. You got Kevin right now. You have anybody. You could have went. You could have went with the guy that they're fucking promoting on Raw right now, Ir Mahan. Mm-hmm. I would have rather seen that. Uh, okay, maybe not. You could have went with Elias, or not Elias. Um, I don't know why I said Elias. You could have went with anybody, but you're going with Knoxville. You I just I don't I get do. it. Another fantasy booking situation, real quick. I would, in a way to like start promoting NXT every year. I would I I would like. I would have the IC title, be the title that somebody from NXT feuds for every year. To show you like, um, whatever workhorse we really like from NXT this year like you know that's a great idea improved performer whoever's most popular down there um but yeah they they could have chose anybody Seamus is a really good name Seamus has really been doing his thing um and why not you know Seamus has really improved and going back in time instead of going I mean it's forward but it's also back in time because he's 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 more um He's more of like the Irish brawler at the bar, uh, costume wise, but gear wise, he's went back in time to that old uh, debuting mm-hmm. Seamus, which was the Seamus that I loved. It's the only Seamus that I really liked um, to like the highest level where I thought he was world champion material, was that old Seamus. Um, so Seamus has really improved his game in the last year or two. I would definitely have gone with somebody like Seamus or Ricochet. 
I, I will say I, I kind of liked where you were going with the NXT thing. So I'm, I'll do a fantasy booking real quick just to knock it out. Um, let's do a 15-man battle royal in NXT. Mm. The winner of the battle royal gets an intercontinental title shot at WrestleMania. Sammy's naturally the heel, so you got to have somebody who's a face. Mm-hmm. I go either Cameron Grimes or L.A. Knight. Yes, definitely Cameron Grimes. Yeah, I would go. Either I like either. L.A. I like L.A. Knight too, but I feel like Cameron Grimes's wacky persona and confidence with Sami Zayn's like conspiracy theory craziness would just make for probably the best funny spot of the show every week leading up to WrestleMania because they're both just so ridiculous. And and you could have it be either the kickoff show or you could have it be the opening match on night one or night two. You could have it either or. And if you give, if you give those guys and that'll be, that'll be the, um, that'll be the, the crazy thing about it too is, is, it's kind of a one-two punch because if you had somebody like Cameron Grimes, the promos every week would be amazing. Um, but then to add on to that, mm-hmm. for the people that know Sammy and Cameron Grimes, if they get 15, 20 minutes out of this, they can really go too. So it might it might be a funny buildup, but the match might be amazing with the right kind of time. Mm-hmm. So I, I dig that. Yeah, so I mean, e- either way, like, you could have went with any other route better than Sammy versus Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of brings me into my next point. Um, before I even say what this point is, I want to ask you, how happy are you with the current product in WWE on a scale of 1 to 10? Mm-hmm. The question was satisfied. Yeah, or like happy. like how how like how how happy are you or satisfied? Like either or. Happy. On a scale of one to ten. Four. Okay, so it's, you're it's at a like, four. It's like I'm not satisfied at all and then even like the good stuff is kind of like well i called this you know it's, nice. yeah. so, so you're at a four i'm at about a two and a half three um vince mcmahon is at a 10 vince mcmahon is currently happy with the product right now and says that there's nothing that he would change about it that's a lie. So, so basically, there was a report. It was on. It's on a couple different websites: uh, wrestlingnews.com, SportsKeeda. Um, but they had, <clears throat> excuse me, they had an interview with somebody at a Pro Wrestling Insider, and it said that WWE doesn't fix their problems because Vince McMahon doesn't think there's anything to fix, and in his mind, he doesn't think anything is wrong. And he's saying this because they made a billion dollars in revenue. Now that makes sense. 
that last part makes everything else sound different. I mean, you can make a billion dollars in revenue when you're doing four or five Saudi shows a year, when you're getting a hundred million dollars per Saudi show, Mm -hmm. you know, you're lowering the prices of your belts on WWE shop just enough to where people are actually buying them. So I can see where you're getting your revenue from because you're lowering your merch just a little bit, but that doesn't take away from the fact that the product is still shit. So even with all this stuff happening, I mean, it's easy to see how, you know, you're more, you're more profitable. You made the billion bucks. Okay, cool. But that still doesn't make up for the fact that the product is shit because right now fans are not happy. And I can't remember the last time I, got through an episode of raw without yawning an hour into the show, like literally an hour into the show. So that's why I had to ask your opinion on where you think the product is on a scale of one to 10, because Vince says it's a 10, nothing needs to get fixed. I say a lot needs to get fixed and you, you giving it a four says a lot needs to get fixed too. And that's being generous. A four is really being generous. I'm only saying a four because Roman's Roman and Ronda's back. Otherwise, yeah, and, and we and we gotta have yeah, to talk and, about and Ronda we, soon anyway. Yeah, I will give you this though. Um, I'm starting to. I don't want to say I'm feeling bad for Ronda, but I'm starting to get it. I'm just going to leave it at that. No, no, not in the sense of, not in the sense of her being back and doing what she's doing. Like, like her her storyline right now, I still don't get, Um, but I'm starting to get her attitude. I'm I'm starting to get her attitude. Thank you. That's, and and maybe we won't have to pot about it, but I'm, I mean, as of right now, we probably still do, but I'm, I'm glad yeah. that you're starting to understand where she might be coming from. Yeah, because I don't, I don't, I'm starting to think it's not a fan thing, even though what she said about the fans was fucked up. I will, I'll agree to that. So the cows come home. But I don't think it's more of a fan thing at the moment. I think it's some of the talent, maybe. Mm. That's just my opinion. Because I just seeing the shit with Charlotte and whatnot, that, that's where I'm standing on. But, um, but I'm glad I got your opinion on that because I had to, I had to just ask you about that. Mm. Um, one thing that I will say that I'm liking right now, and this may come as a shock, is something about the Saudi shows. Mm. Um, this Saudi show, the Elimination Chamber, is featuring more women than any Saudi show that they've had combined, I believe. Because now they've just added another match, which is Naomi and Ronda versus Charlotte and Sonya Deville. Now the match oh. itself, match itself, eh, for my taste, but a lot more women are on the Saudi show. This, this bumps it up to three matches for the women. So we got six women in the chamber, the five that are already named and the one that's a surprise. And then we have 
Becky versus Lita. So that puts it to eight women on the card. Mm. And now we have this tag team match, which bumps it up to 12 women on the card. Nice. So I I will give it, I will give the Saudi shows, I, not the Saudi shows. I will give this Saudi show more props than I did before, just because they're letting them feature more women on the show. Yeah, I mean, that is the silver lining, right? Is that they're doing more for women every year in Saudi. Uh, as far as uh, limitations go, I'll say limitations. Yeah, because, yeah, and limitations like, is the right word. Hope and, you know, uh, some sort of female empowerment that they're yeah. able to do by having these women in more shows and but uh, while still adhering to the guidelines of, you know, outfits what, and what, everything else. Uh, yeah, of, of what they got to do over there. So, I mean, I like it. I think more women needed to be, more women need to be featured every now and then. So, especially with given, like you said, the Saudi limitations, I think it's pretty dope. So I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them kudos. I don't know who it goes to directly, whether it's, Saudi Saudi Arabia itself or it's WWE or if it's the women locker room in general, but they, they, they deserve a clap all around for that one. So I'll give them that, that, that was a good move mm-hmm. that I, that I like. It feels yeah, I good. Can get on the, it, I can get on the same page with you there. It, it feels good to finally give them props for something, man. I feel proud. <laughs> yeah. It comes so few and far between, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I think is that everything we have for uh, for WWE. Yeah, that's everything for WWE. So I mean, we we didn't really kick them. We didn't kick them in the mud too much, and we ended on a good note with them. So that's always a good thing. Yeah. So yeah. now, uh, the I think we're ready to jump over into this is yeah the, the, the more exciting play. news. Um, blanket statement All right, before so- we start. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna run down the week uh so we do it in a chronological order. Mm-hmm. Uh, well I I'll, I'll let you take the reins on, on AEW if you want. Um yeah, it it'll be it'll be back and forth, but it it'll be I just wanna uh I wanna go in order because I feel like um some of these things are important. Mm-hmm. Um if you hear them the way you the way they happen rather than the, you know, the big points of it all. Um, but blanket statement, I came to this epiphany or realization um, this week watching, watching Rampage um, mm-hmm. and from reading some things and certain people's comments on the product. Um, the second mountain that I'm um, uh, that I'm the second hill that I'm dying on this pod is that AEW is the best wrestling company today. Agreed. It it just is like I'm. It is the best wrestling show. Uh, shows company is the best product out right now. Hmm. Um. WWE 
Might be two. At Might times. Might be two. At times. That's, that's a real fight to say. Um, especially with how you know what? Impact has been producing and the way that... um. And the way that um, the way the NWA is probably about to go up, because I, I haven't I haven't been watching Power as much as I should, but now I'm definitely going to be watching it um, mm-hmm. weekly to just kind of see where it goes. But yeah, just Mountain that I'm dying on. I've realized this week AEW is the best wrestling. There's no fight, uphill battle anymore. There's no one up and needed they are the most entertaining most watchable shows of the week and they always deliver on good wrestling and there's always good stories to be told and there's always a lot of potential in the stars that you want to see whether it's dark whether it's dark elevation whether it's rampage whether it's dynamite there is always a reason for me to tune in every week i don't especially um, now that I can watch it live, um, instead of the day after watching the YouTube videos, I find that I can last the entire show. And even if I don't know the entire card, if I show up for the one show, I know that I can watch the, this, if I show up for one match or one segment, I know that I can watch the entire show and be entertained. I don't have to keep flipping back and forth. I don't have to find something else to do until the part that I'm waiting for comes on. I'm entertained the entire show, even in matches that I, I, I could care less about because they just put on that good of a product. So blanket statement before we get to it. Um, first thing, Dynamite started with MJF's celebration. Um, how do you feel about punk and where they went with uh, Sting and Darby coming out and the whole challenge thing. Um, I I don't know, like that. I'm I'm. I don't know if I. I'm I'm just kind of lost. Like not not that I'm lost. It's. I don't know. There's like really one thing I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. out of it now. I'm I'm when it comes to MJF and Punk and everything else. I'm just waiting on Wardlow. Yeah, I I've hit that stage. Yeah, I, I've hit the stage of I'm just waiting on Wardlow. Yeah, sooner or later they have to pull the trigger on this thing because Wardlow has been doing such a great job at being Wardlow. Like, it's it's been Batista, Triple H. Yeah, It's like that tension that that they had, that you had, um, that they kind of had, like, the moment you knew Batista was ready to be on his own. Absolutely. They've been carrying that tension, that feeling, for months now. Absolutely. So I'm, it's, it's it's becoming much less about who MJF feuds with and when is Wardlow going to rip this guy's head off. I agree. I, and that's literally what I was thinking until you just said it 
it's I'm I'm waiting for them to unleash Batista because yeah. he is he is very much oh four oh five Batista like right before Batista won the Rumble from that like SummerSlam to um like that's literally that stretch of SummerSlam to the Rumble mm-hmm. that's where he is right now he's in that spot where you see him you want it to happen you know it's you know it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of when, and he and he's going about it kind of the same way that Batista did. Only Batista planted seeds more. Mm. Wardlow's not really planting seeds more. Wardlow's just that guy that's like, if there's a group of friends doing a bunch of crazy stuff, Wardlow's that friend that's like standing in the back, going, "What are these idiots doing?" Yes, he might he might join in, but it's like. Am I really doing this with these idiots right now? Yeah, he's like slowly realizing that all of their shit is beneath him. Mm-hmm. And he's just slowly getting sick of it, but he's still, he doesn't, he won't pull the trigger. But it's, you can see it every week, like he just knows how much better he is than these guys and that they're totally using him. Like when they just had that celebration in the ring of them all... D- hugging and jumping and everything like that and Wardlow was just in the back standing there. Yeah, and and Wardlow set up. Mm-hmm. Wardlow came out there no music set up first, then everybody else got to come out. Like mm-hmm. come on, man. It's the little things like uh and it just bugs him so much and he just won't he just won't speak up and it is so crazy. Um, once they finally put the trigger on Wardlow, man. Once it happens, it'll be glorious, though. Yes, absolutely. It, it'll, it'll be like, it's about damn time. Absolutely. Another fantasy booking situation, real quick, and then we'll move on to the next point. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see, because right now, Wardlow works for MJF, and mm-hmm. I remember this whole thing about MJF saying that Wardlow's wins are his wins because he owns Wardlow. So any titles he obtains become MJF's titles. I could see Wardlow like getting a championship opportunity. And then MJF like really rooting for him and it feeling like for like a week or two that MJF is like genuinely happy for Wardlow. And mm-hmm. then, like, that third week is the week of the title match. And MJF's being that good supporter friend, and um, they have that Batista, Batista Triple H moment where, like, the pinnacle is in there hyping Wardlow up, and then uh, Wardlow will step out of the room, and uh, Sean Spears is like, man, I'm so happy he's going to get this match. And then MJF is like, yeah, so am I. I'm going to be TNT champion. And then Spears goes, what are you talking about? And then MJF was like, remember, his wins are my wins. He mm-hmm. wins the TNT championship. I'm TNT champion. Yeah. And then have that zoom out camera moment of MJF going like, oh, yeah. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I could see I could see Wardlow like quitting. Uh, like I could see Wardlow like uh, walking out of the match, 
or uh, him destroying the guy the entire time, and MJF is go pin him, pin him, pin him, pin him, and then Wardlow thinks about it and he just walks out. Yeah, like I quit, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's over. And then I could see like the end of that month or the end of that next month there being a wild card situation that MJF is in, and Wardlow is the wild card. Because now Wardlow's mm-hmm. under AEW contract, so all his wins are his. Yeah. And he just, his first goal was to hunt down MJF. And he just runs through the pinnacle in the process. Exactly. Um, so that's how Fantasy put that. But I feel like that's what we're all waiting for. We're all waiting for that Wardlow switch to come on. Um, mm-hmm. But the next thing that happened in the night is the uh, the inner circle meeting. It's the next big point of that night. Um, yeah. This was great. Yeah, that, yeah, I was a huge fan of this. Um, so if you guys don't know, they went through a lot of back and forth between Santana Ortiz and Jericho. And, you know, they brought up a lot of points of, you know, Jericho not really doing anything for them. And then... Jericho saying that he got the wrong members of LAX, mm. got Eddie Kingston stuff, and Jericho, with smart remarks, looked over to Hager and said, hey, you got Hernandez and Homicide on speed dial. And then this ended up getting into a little bit of an altercation where Sammy had to be the voice of reason mm-hmm. and said if they don't get their shit together, He's leaving. He quit the group once and he'll do it again. As he takes off the cut, leaves it there and just walks out. So now we are set with a tag team match. Santana and Ortiz versus Jericho and Hager. I'm here for it. Uh, Yeah, man. I'm ready for the inner circle to die. Yeah, I mean, it, it had a good run. We got some great memories out of yeah. it. That definitely, probably, probably the best faction that AEW has had so far. Yeah. Um, but you know, all good things have to come to an end, and this this thing rode out for a while. But yeah, yeah, and, and I, it, I think it, it's time to go. It's time to go because it really only served its purpose for two people, um, in the long run of it. I, re- I feel like they're running a good story because everybody feels like the inner circle ties have really held uh, Santana and Ortiz back. And I agree with that because they were one of the top tag teams when they got here and it just hasn't mm-hmm. felt like that in forever. And yeah. um, on social media, you see a lot of Eddie and them together and so it feels organic that Eddie is the reason Chris has such an issue and that he's being the voice of reason with them in the back because he actually is one of their guys. Um, I appreciate that Eddie didn't come out during the meeting and they spoke for themselves because they cut really good promos in very different ways, uh, Santana and Ortiz, where one was kind of the hostile and the other one was kind of like, he was on the same page, but he was handling it more diplomatically. 
Yeah. Um, they cut really good promos. They showed how good they are on the mic, which is famously one of LAX's biggest things is that damn near everybody in LAX can cut a good promo. Mm-hmm. From Homicide to Hernandez to Santana and Ortiz and even the LAX they have now with uh, Slice Boogie and Danny, uh, Danny Limelight. Mm-hmm. Um, they all cut really good promos. So it was good to see their promo skills and uh, it just all feels organic. And I really hope that Jericho and them do the right thing and put these guys over. I would hate yeah. to see Jericho and, and, and um, Jericho and Hager, Hager win this, win this thing and like yeah. win their way out of this feud and then they break up. And Because I feel like, everybody's ready to go their separate ways. I feel like Hager's fine being a supporting role for Jericho and uh, Samuel Guevara has clearly made his own uh, and come a very long way from where he started, where he was just mm-hmm. making mistake after mistake and we were killing him every week for it. Um, he's come such a long way and it's time for the guys that were left on the back end to get their run. Mm-hmm. So I really hope they they do the right thing and they book them to go over. And um, because I feel like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, even though I'm happy that they're champs now, are great because they're very beatable champs. <laughs> not not yeah. in a bad way, but like it's not shocking for anyone to beat them. It's no. also not shocking for them to get like a six month to a year run with the tag belts, but it's also not shocking if they lose it to somebody. They can yeah. feel like the team that could lose to any good tag team. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a 50-50 depending on the team. Um, yeah. So I feel like Santana and Ortiz could easily uh, do a program with those two and win. Of course, um, yeah. But now let's talk about the debuts, man. Because right before oh right before the debut that we knew was coming, we got a debut we didn't know was coming with a random segment uh, in the back with Adam Cole and the Bucks um, teaming up on, who was it, uh, Rapongi? Uh, um, I think that's who they were beating up in the back. I think it was. Uh, I think it was Trent. Was it Trent? Or was it Pongi? Well, for for whatever sake, we'll we'll say Trent. I know Trent happened on Dynamite. Um, so we can go with Trent. If it, it was either Trent or Pongi. But they're back there jumping them. That's not the part that matters. The three of their, the three of them are back there jumping the sky. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, this leather jacketed guy comes in with these with these hat with these like hash marks on the back of his jacket. Mm-hmm. You know, um, at the time I'm going, who's this? guy who's this like i've never seen this guy here before and he's come on long black hair and come all on. the bucks are stunned and 
he turns around and oh my god, it's Switchblade Jay White. King Switchblade. King Switch. Mm-hmm. And he's on their side. How about that? Very interesting considering the circumstances of tag teams right now. Uh, but Jay White is is uh is is full on helping the elite or at least helping Adam Cole in the Bucks. This is very sketchy stuff, man. Because later in the night, Adam, it, it's it's said that Adam kind of um, called Switchblade to come. And the Bucks had this thing like, hey, man, you got to start telling us when you are bringing your guys over here. Man, I'm starting to think that Something is going on under the watchful elite eye with Adam and these people he's bringing in, man. Something's fishy, man. This is not a coincidence. (laughs) And I'm glad that we talked about this a little bit last week. Yeah, yeah. Because my thought on this is Jay White is popping up right now to help the elite. Yes, right now to help the elite, but I think we are going to have a bullet club war on our hands very soon because now we see Jay White. It's only a matter of time before we see G.O.D., That's what I'm saying. I I feel like you're right because of no surrender. Even though the elite and the Bullet Club seem to be on good terms, and Adam did put out, "Hey man, you can trust me, Bullet Club for life." <clears throat> if you guys have been watching Impact, you would know it. No surrender is it's apparently not Bullet Club for life because the Good Brothers of the Bullet Club. We'll be going at it with the Gorillas of Destiny for the Impact Tag Team Championships. So, um, what side of the coin mm-hmm. are we on here, man? Because the Bucks are going to be in a very tough spot because I'll t- Kenny I'll tell you where and I'm the at. Good Brothers are elite, and so so are the Young Bucks. On the other side of that. G.O.D. and apparently Adam and Switchblade and Chris Bay, even though I don't know if he's included in this exactly, um, are a straight bullet club. So what's really happening here? Because I've seen Kenny kind of put Adam Cole under. So yeah, tell me, tell me, Duke, where where are you at on this? My allegiance is with Bullet Club. Mm. If there's a war and lines are drawn and we gotta pick a side, I don't know where your side's gonna be. Side up. 
your alliance is Bullet Club. I'm I am on the same side as Tamatonga, as Tonga Loa, as Chris Bay, and even though I wasn't a fan of him as the leader in the beginning, he has earned my respect, and I acknowledge King Switchblade. I am with Bullet Club. I hate to say it, man, but I'm I'm on your side. I I have accepted, and uh, we knew it was going to happen. He was slowly growing on us. I've grew to accept King Switch. And with him and G.O.D., man, and Adam Cole being Bullet Club, and it just feels fishy. And it seems like a war is brewing slowly that they're not trying to talk about. Because when Adam first got here, he was immediately all elite and, you know, story time with Adam Cole, baby. But um, mm-hmm. with him standing in the ring with O'Reilly and Fish and it feeling like Cole had legs to stand on his own and Kenny kind of putting them down here and there in promos, Adam might be a step ahead of the game here, man. Adam might be setting up he some might, things. Setting up. He some might be things. playing chess. He might be playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. Ooh. I don't know, man. Could he be a, a, a an undisputed architect of some uh, some kill shots from the Bullet Club? Could we be on the brink of? Switch versus Omega again. Real G's moving silence like lasagna. And I think <laughs> this man knows exactly what he's doing. I think Cole is putting himself in a prime position to be the next AEW champion. I think yes. it is mutually beneficial to the Bullet Club that their rides in the States comes through Cole and Switch. Which is saying something. Because yeah. Switch isn't even because Switch isn't even American. So it's not. that's saying something. But it's it's getting there. It's getting, it feels like this might be a transitional period because if G-O-D beats the good brothers, that's conflict. Mm-hmm. If Adam Cole gets another shot at the AEW title all of a sudden. And he's aligning himself with guys Kenny isn't exactly square with. It's mm-hmm. conflict of interest. Yeah. And it's going to be very fishy. Man, I feel like I feel like there was a point in time where we booked a Bullet Club feud. <laughs> the, the only difference was we had AJ and Finn somewhere in the mix with this. Yeah. Yeah, and they're both sadly still signed to that. Oh my god, if Finn was free, uh, they'll never let him go. He's he's a slave for life. He's, if he's, but just just because imagine. they know what's gonna happen. I can only because imagine. imagine this feud, but instead of Switchblade, it's Finn. Like if we if Prince man if Prince Devitt was there, oh my lord, it'd be a whole nother story. I mean, Switchblade could still be there, but man, like this, you you take, you can take Kenny and the Bucks, put them on one side, because you already know Carl's going with Finn. Yeah, 
Yeah. And Doc is going to follow Carl. So right there, you got Carl, Doc, Finn. You got the Bucks with Kenny. You got Switch with... Uh, now, see, that that's the only toss-up. G-O-D, because they're with Switch right now, but Tama Tonga's a Finn guy. Tama Tonga's yeah. a Prince Devitt guy. Yeah. So that's where it gets fishy. Maybe Switch and the and G-O-D link up with... Uh, with Finn and the brothers and then Kenny and the Bucks and Adam and damn man, it would it would just be beautiful. But it's beautiful yeah. right now. Yeah, it is beautiful what's happening right now. Uh another fantasy booking point. I could imagine that this whole thing um about to come to its conclusion with um Kenny versus uh King Switch and mm-hmm. uh maybe an all out. Yeah, and thirty days before, or, mm, and three months beforehand, Finn Balor get released. Oh, I would do backflips. I could I see. Would. I could see them having this six star, seven star match, and then at the conclusion, Finn come in and lay them both out, and then <laughs> Finn the next night be like, "This is the." I've had to watch for the past three months is you guys fighting over my club and I'm taking it back. There's no elite. There's no, there's no elite versus bullet club. It's just my club. I say who's with me and you better stand with me now or be against me. I'm sick of you guys making a mockery of my shit. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I can see it. Um, I'm with it. But after this this debut we weren't expecting, let's get to the debut we were expecting. I told you last pod, mm-hmm. whoever it is, uh, either last pod or two pods ago, I told you whoever it is. It was last pod. It was last pod that this guy from Private yes. Party is fighting. Whoever it is, he's going to be a squash match for this guy. And I was absolutely right. Because the limitless one, yeah. Keith Lee debuted as mm-hmm. the new signee. Man, he dominated. Just got married. And I loved every minute of it. Just got married, pretended to be on his honeymoon, and showed up to whip some ass. So congratulations to him twice, really. Yeah. I mean, it was just, he threw the guy yeah. all around. Um, oh, go, go ahead. Go. No, no. I was going to say, yeah, congratulations to him twice because we we kind of expected Keith, but then again, him getting married and whatnot, we weren't 100%. But I'm pretty sure Keith was the most logical choice. Yeah, I would have to. I mean, I was throwing a couple names out there. At one point, I thought maybe it was John Morrison. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, we, we, we landed on Keith Lee, uh, which is great. And uh, uh, very happy for him. He totally dominated. Um, I'm sure, uh, was that Isaiah Cassidy? Or was it, uh, which one of them was actually in the match? Was that Isaiah? Cassidy, yeah. 
I know Isaiah was uh, apologizing when they got in the back for that spot. He just totally messed up on the apron. Um, but other than that, perfect match um, for Keith Lee. Just absolutely dominant. Um, catching guys out of the air. Um, we didn't see him do a big moonsault, but it, heavy power moves. Yeah. And just very, very cool. Very cool to see him back. Easy squash match for him. And uh, Matt walked out. Mm-hmm. In a kind of deja vu fashion. Wonder what that means. <laughs> yeah, I peeked that. I, I think that was kind of a dig. I, I, I think that was a little bit of a rib. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, that was that was cool. That was cool to see. Uh, nice little, nice, uh, nice uh, Easter egg there from Matt on things that might be to mm-hmm. come. Um, Matt might be fed up with his current tag team and feel like maybe to get the job done right, you have to do it yourself. Maybe, who knows? Um, but that was a fun spot. Great time for Keith Lee. So glad he showed up. Um, mm-hmm. wonder what he's going to do in this ladder match. It should be very interesting. Um, but following that, did you see Hangman's match? No. So the Hangman Page match with Lance Archer happened. Uh, it was like a Texas death match, they called it. Mm-hmm. These two were going ape shit on each other it was okay it was it was ridiculous it was on another level um and i have to go back and watch it myself because it's kind of unbelievable um they took some crazy crazy spots in there and it was reminiscent of like an old school terry funk rick flair hardcore match they were just kind of going out there and doing the damn thing so um, okay. Close to Page and Archer. Uh, Page won. But the bigger thing is that after Hangman Adam Page retained, uh, Adam Cole Bay Bay showed up at the end to award Hangman his belt and kind of put him on notice. Mm-hmm. I'm next up. It's me. <laughs> and then walked out. And again, this is really bold, but if you're three steps ahead, you've got a shot. Because I could see everybody else being like, Cole just got here. There's no way. Da 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 da. This, this, and that. Cole keeps overdoing his promos, saying he's. The best, one of the best wrestlers on the planet. It's overdone. It's too soon. It's too much. But if Adam Cole has a switchblade in his back pocket, there's really no telling what could happen. Why are you over here reading my mind, man? Anytime, <laughs> I, anytime I think I have a good thing in my head to say, you go ahead and you say it. This ain't right. Maybe. I was maybe, man. Great minds think alike. That that that's all I got to say. Because I was gonna say, when you have a switchblade in your back pocket, you just might be able to do the damn thing. So I, I think that's what I think. I think we might be uh, 
we might be on the verge of a shock title turn because there I prime architect uh, Adam Cole. Dare I say it? We might have a shock to the system. Oh. <laughs> oh. Another another dig at WWE. Oh man. And here I thought we weren't going to dig too much in. Uh, you know what I thought was funny? While was <laughs> someone had said on commentary, oh, not on commentary, someone had said somewhere on the internet, wouldn't it be hilarious if on Being the Elite, their uh, YouTube show that they have, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be hilarious if Adam Cole started managing Keith Lee on Being the Elite? As, as oh, an man. extra dig to WWE. <laughs> we just taking the switchblade and digging it a little deeper in the WWE, are we? Oh, man. He's international. He's worldwide now, baby. Mm. But yeah, it could be it could be Adam Cole tricking everyone else into thinking that he's in over his head when actually he's made a a deal with the king. To ensure mm-hmm. that he becomes AEW world champion and return Could. for what I would have to imagine is uh, major other title perks to the rest of the club. Mm-hmm. Whatever club he so chooses to uh, pledge his loyalty. Align to. with, yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's exciting. It's exciting. We're a very exciting time for wrestling. Matt Cardona well, is NWA champion. Adam Cole for, for most of wrestling champion, right? For, for most of wrestling, some of us are just kind of some of these companies. One of these companies mostly is kind of coasting here, <laughs> coasting because they don't need it to the biggest event of the year. Because they don't need to fix anything. You know what? I if if all out this year feels like WrestleMania again, <laughs> and. and <laughs> and WrestleMania feels like another bum ass pay per view. <laughs> it, it, it feels I, like ext- it feels like Extreme Rules with Randy and Kotley. <laughs> oh my God, we were there live for that shit. We were there for that. Oh my God, if if this shit if if All Out beats WrestleMania again this year, WrestleMania is a fucking dud, dude. I'm revisiting my dying on the mountain statement that AEW is the best wrestling company. But it, it, it remains to be seen. Um, the last thing, I, I, I feel like it, it, a lot of people might not have watched it, but I know I care very deeply about it because of generational ties. Um, Jurassic Express, who they're now just calling Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, went at it on Rampage as the main event defending the tag titles against the gun club. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gun club lost, unfortunately, and the gun club suffered their first loss. They've been undefeated until this title match and lost. But this is, this is the point of it. Anybody that's been watching Dark, anybody that's been keeping an eye on the guns has noticed that they've been undefeated has noticed their heel turn. Uh, has noticed their heel turn, um, and was ready to see like if they were going to get these belts. And my point about the Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus is, 
I was watching this on Rampage, and even though I expected them to retain, I could have I could easily see the guns on an undefeated streak winning and making the point that you still need to watch AEW Dark and Elevation because the guns have been good for months, but you wouldn't know that if you weren't watching the show. If you were only watching Dynamite and Rampage, you would have no idea that the guns have been on a very hot streak ever since they turned on the big show. So I could see, I could have seen them beating Luchasaurus uh, and Jungle Boy on Rampage to make that point to the people and to maybe all the talent on Dark and Elevation that it's not just an, uh, uh, a developmental show. It's not just dark matches. Those things can add into championships. You know what I mean? Had you let the guns win, it'd have been a moment of, oh shit, I need to pay attention to dark and elevation too, because they said they're undefeated and they've been killing it for months and they just beat one of my favorite tag teams. Maybe there is great stuff over there too. But I just as easily expected them to win. So that's what I'm saying. Like they have a dynamic where they're beatable, but you could also see them winning. Uh, yeah, I, I can, I can, I can agree to that. Um, because had you had them win, uh, you you said this was for the titles, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can agree to that. Had you had them win, then people would have been like, oh, shit. Yeah, we kind of got to tune in because titles are changing hands over here, too. Wait a minute. Um, and then it puts an eye on everybody else on that roster. Yeah. Or on, on that show, I should say. Yeah. Because it's all the same roster. But it, it just puts eyes on more people that probably don't have the eyes on them. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like... Um, Hmm, what's, what, what's a good example I could use? Kind of like main event in the sense, but main event is shit and dark and elevation aren't. Yeah. Main <laughs> yeah. event is yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a Saturday night. Ma- maybe main, main event, event is what it was supposed to be. Matter of fact, I, let, let, let's go back in time. It's kind of like velocity. Maybe, maybe like velocity and it's heat. It's closer to velocity and heat. Yeah. Way closer to velocity and heat. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's the case then because they they would still do title matches here and there on Velocity and Heat. Mm-hmm. They still so, kind of yeah. matter to some extent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so maybe it's like that. You can get more eyes on the talent that way because even if it's only for an hour, if they're people you're not featuring on your main shows, you can still feature them elsewhere and still get them seen. And if they get seen enough and liked enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe the merch sells a little bit more or more fans start talking about them online. Mm-hmm. Then you can bring them over to your main show and have them do stuff on your main show. Yeah, it's uh, dark and elevation are the places where talents like the guns and the varsity blondes are slowly becoming um, the people, the tag teams they were meant to be. They're, they're developing, essentially. They're developing. So the title matches are, are a big payoff for the guns. Like I said, mm-hmm. I didn't expect them to win, but 
now you have major uh, main, I don't even want to say main roster, main show uh, eyes. Yeah. On these, on the guns who mm-hmm. haven't really had it except for the past two weeks, maybe. Yeah. So it, it puts great eyes on the guns and how good they are for later. It's mm-hmm. like uh, losing the championship match is almost kind of the step up into televised regular shows. Yeah. So even though they didn't win, the payoff could be now we can use you more on Wednesdays and Fridays than just on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but I think that does it for AEW, uh, which wraps up our news for this week. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it feels like times for shout outs, unless you have anything else you want to drop out. Um, no, that's pretty much all I had on my docket. I think we can dive right into these shout outs. Uh, who would you like to kick them off? Is it going to be you or is it going to be me? Uh, I can knock them off because uh, it's not too many. Okay. As always, guys, doghouse gaming for all your retro gaming needs. I am up to six systems right now, uh, which is eventually going to stop somewhere around 10. Um, <laughs> but, but I've just acquired all the uh, other parts of my Xbox together. So I'm, I'm now conquering the original Xbox. Uh, Doghouse Gaming for all your retro gaming needs. Follow them on Instagram. Follow them on Facebook. Um, they've got everything, man, and they're always updating and they're very responsive. Uh, and they're uh, in Quaker Town in Pennsylvania. So, uh, retro gaming for all your retro gaming needs. Doghouse Gaming. Um, I want to thank from Twitter One Stop Wrestling's Craig Smith. Um, I want to thank Justin Time. 211 on Twitter for just always being a huge fan and sharing our stuff. And I want to give another shout out to uh, Billy Gunn's sitcom, who was constantly making us laugh on Twitter. <laughs> and who doesn't love Billy Gunn? Yeah, right. Uh, and that wraps it up for all my shout outs this pod. Yeah, I um, So I'm going to jump in. I'll do my shout outs real quick. Uh, as always, I got a couple YouTube people. We got Arcade Pop. We got Johnny Funko. Those guys are awesome. They're huge fans of the show. Uh, we've been on their show a couple times, so you should definitely go check them out. The Wrestling Fanatics on IG, as always. You got D the Toy Hunter, Fetch Frequency. You got Fritzy, AJ the Collecting Legend, Joey Reckless. You guys need to check them out. They're on YouTube as well. Same names. Uh, a new YouTube shout out, Mr. Awesome shouted us out in his recent video. So definitely go check him out. He does a lot of cool hunts for wrestling figures and wrestling Funkos and things like that. Uh, also, Bobby Rassels, all about wrestling podcast. Got to show that man some love. He has a show that's airing today. Monday. Yeah, today. So definitely go check that show out. Also, we're going to do our Twitch shout out again official dj blade if you guys don't know who he is you need to check him out because he's got some great music it's always chill vibes he goes live every Tuesday and thursday so if you like good music dope vibes and great people to hang out with and kick it 
Go stop on into that Kick It Room crew. Say what's up to DJ Blade and tell them the Dangerous Jobbers sent you over there. Um, but that's it for this week. Those are my shout outs. Stevie Jobber, you got anything else you want to say? I'm good, man. All right. Well, guys, that is our show for this week. You guys know where to find us. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Dangerous Jobbers Podcast. Check us on Twitter, Dangerous Jobber, the Facebook page. We got the website, dangerousjobberswebsite.com. We got our YouTube. We'll have more videos going up real soon. I believe we have two videos, maybe one, maybe two. That'll be up sometime this week. So you don't want to miss those as well. Um, and that's pretty much it. So have a good one. Stay up. Stay blessed. And as always, stay dangerous. Stay dangerous. Saskatchewan!